Hey everyone, welcome to Tether, where we have conversations about faith and culture. This is Bill Falk, one of your hosts, and I'm here with Sunshine as well. And uh, today's show is actually a c- continuation of uh, the show that we had last week with Tim White and Chris Spence. And so what you're going to hear today in this show is the second part of that conversation that we had about honor and patriotism. If you did not get a chance to check out that episode, be sure to, to listen to it. It's just part one of this. And again, this show is going to be part two, just a continuation of honor and patriotism. Hope you guys enjoy it. You know, one of the things I, I, I wanted to bring out was this the idea with military and honor, because typically when you think about honor, you think military, you think honor. You think, you know, you see somebody in a uniform and you whether it's not just military, but a police uniform or some sort of, you know, there's this, this, this honor, a respect. I think that within the military culture, there's, was it, is it, um, God country, duty, 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 honor, country. country. So you're kind of in this culture that's, that's created to, um, for honor. And I think the military is an example of that. Not that it, 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 the military owns that or that, is it, but that's definitely a place when you think of honor, you think military. I mean, that's it's definitely a reflection of it's a reflection of honor. What's interesting is that if when you look biblically, even the Old Testament, when God gave these ten commandments to His people, you know, He just took them out of out of Egypt, and they're out of out of slavery, and they're going to the Promised Land. So He begins to shape and form this new these people, this new identity, and and, and one of the commands that He gave them was to honor your father and your mother and it's one of the commandments that has a promise attached to it yes it says honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the lord your god has given you and when I was a kid growing up i would hear that verse and it'd be like you're gonna die young if you don't honor your, you know like i'm like i'm gonna make it till i'm about nine you know <laughs> like i'm not right. i'm not gonna make it right like, like i should already be gone like um because uh you know this i'm this isn't working for me. But as I got older, I really understood what God is saying in there is you will not exist as a people mm-hmm. if this is not happening. Mm. If you eliminate honor in your father and your mother, you guys are not going to live long. Mm-hmm. Not on an, This is not about an individual basis. This is like a, 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 a community, a culture. This is something that should be an essential part of a culture, honor, honoring God, honoring you know you know your your mother and your father, and I, I think about that and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I feel like that that's somehow even forgotten this idea of honor. And that's why I was so interested in in, in the military and hmm. and how it's such a part of being in the military, and, and I appreciated the different viewpoints on how highlighting or you know uh, bringing to light like look not everybody is you know uh the military doesn't own honor and not everybody perfect but then you also come in and say like, you you it kind of helped shape me who i mean it was a really huge part of how my, my my identity where's honor at in our culture today what would happen in the military if there was the absence of honor if that wasn't something that that existed in, in the military. We wouldn't have a nation. Like, would, 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 would the military be able to, to I'm just trying to say, it, what, is, that a, is that a glue? Is that something that, an ingredient that kind of ties the military, this idea of honor and people having that honor, wanting to honor someone and, and hey, I'm a two-star general and this guy's a colonel, but I'm going to have to, or one-star general, but he's in a two-star general position. I've got to honor him because of that 
role, even though I don't want to, but there's this idea of honor that I've got to put that first. And this is going to, you know, be beneficial for the, for the group as a whole. I'm just curious how that, you know, how important was that in the military? And then obviously we know is our faith, how essential it should be, but where, where is it? You know, so I think MIA. I think that's a great question, Bill. I think that you were using the word honor. So, I mean, it, when, when I look it up, honor has two meanings. It has one meaning is to treat with respect or esteem. The other meaning is to f- fulfill obligations. And it's probably good to, when you're talking about honor to, to kind of look at which dimension of it that you're actually talking about. So yeah, honor is a verb and a noun. And it's also a verb and a noun. Yeah. There's a verb and a noun associated with both yes. of those meanings. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when, you, when, you, when you look at that, the military needs people to fulfill obligations and it creates an environment where people will fulfill obligations. It, it also teaches you what to respect or esteem. But I think, you know, you can actually be in an organization that has people that fulfill obligations, but those obligations are in the service of the wrong thing that they respect or esteem. Let me give you an example. The mafia. <laughs> if we had the uh, on our panel some mafiosos, they would talk about honor. Yes, they would. And their word would be around, and that would be around fulfilling obligations. The problem is their honor would be pointed in the wrong direction. They mm-hmm. esteem the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. So the military esteems really mission readiness is really what it comes down to, right? It's like you're in an organization that needs to be prepared to deploy and go to combat, and they esteem they esteem readiness. The military is also an organization that's always in the service of a nation. So then you also create an esteem system around the nation. And then the military also has a hierarchy in which it organizes human beings to accomplish the mission, which is associated with a rank and you esteem that. So the military actually teaches us to fulfill the obligations to readiness, to rank, and to our nation. And that's what the military does really well. Now, in that process, you build the muscles of honor that can then be transferred to something that truly deserves our respect and esteem. And that's only Jesus Christ. So, you know, the military kind of created me or helped me to understand how to fulfill obligations and how to treat with respect or esteem things that are deemed worthy of respect or esteem. As I've grown and become a disciple of Christ, I've actually realized that the only thing that requires my, that, that rates my respect or esteem is God and Jesus. And I'll be clear, one of the questions um, when we're thinking about it, we might talk about later, is like, hey, are you a patriot? And I'm not a patriot. And that's something I've grown to in the years. And the reason why is when I look through scripture, nations kind of divide people and God wanted people's hearts to be following him. And so I think scripture, there is no call that I've ever seen in anywhere in the Bible to be zealous about your nation. There is a call to be a good citizen. So even though I am not a patriot, I want to be a good citizen. So God placed me in the United States, which means I'm a citizen of the United States. I want to be a citizen of the United States. We live in a fallen world and military service is one area where Christian believers can go and be salt and light, just like every other profession. And that's why, um, although I believe that 
killing is a tragedy. I believe that war is a tragedy. Um, why I'm a, why I allow my son to go and serve and serve in the military. So um, you know, as you think about it, it all really comes down to what. If you look at the definition of honor or fulfilling obligations, what is that obligation in service to? And if it is not in service to Jesus Christ, then is it best a mixed or, or a partial virtue? Wow. Here's where we diverge. I think patriotism does exist in the manner that I can be both a patriot and have a love for Christ. Uh, when I look at patriotism, uh, there's a saying out there, patriotism must be a choice. It can't be mandated. It can't be forced upon you. Uh, if you go to North Korea and you look at that, that is them trying to force, trying to mandate patriotism. Well, I think that's nationalism. I think there's such a difference between being a patriot and being a nationalist. Well, I, I'm talking about the forced love uh, when the uh, leader, John mm-hmm. Il, John Un, John Il, died um his his son stated you know there's going to be this morning and they had the cameras go down the street and people were flopping onto the ground screaming and crying they weren't doing it out of love out of patriotism they were doing it because they were told if you do not mourn hard enough you will go to prison and so people were flailing to show this um now you either love your nation or you don't. You, you either support it or you don't. And no way am I saying that it's a love it or leave it. It isn't. It is just something where you need to come across it in your own mind. Uh, one of the things I used to, to say is a simple way to look at patriotism is ask yourself, what would I do for my country? What am I willing to do for my country? And if your answer is nothing, my country owes me, then your chance, then chances are your patriotism low level light is flashing right about now. Our country was developed to serve its people, but its people must also serve their country for this mutual beneficiary thing to work. Um, When we talked about going to say something to the president, and we talked about respect, and you talked about me in a two-star position with one-stars. There is a difference between respecting the rank and respecting the person and respecting the office on those. I do not have to respect the president to respect the office. And there were times in my military career where that may have been the case. However, in the military, you are never allowed to badmouth the president because that can get you in some trouble. You can't do that. He is your commander in chief. I sat in a position where it did not, you know, they can't respect my rank because they outrank me, but they respected the position. And because of the working relationship we had, they respected the person as well as the position. When one of them would come into my office. Usually, and you would know this, you go into your boss's office, you knock once, they say enter, you walk in, you stand there at attention, you salute, and you say, Colonel Tim White reporting as ordered, or Tim White, Colonel Tim White reports. And they would salute back. That's the way it was done. One star walks into my office, and he works for me. 
he comes over and he goes, hey, Tim, I stand at attention and say, yes, sir. And he comes in. I do not sit. I do not leave attention until he tells me it's okay. And I do not sit till he does. That's kind of odd. But that is the respect of rank as he is respecting the position of coming to my office. First of all, in this uh, patriotism, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up nationalism, Sunshine. You know, maybe the difference between what nationalism and patriotism, mm. um, a, a difference there. Um, I want to tie back to that here in, in a moment, but I do want um, again back going back to this idea of of, of honor. Chris, you've, you've talked a lot about being conformed to the image of Christ, and and we talk about wanting to help be influencing culture. You, know, Paul tells us in Romans twelve verse ten, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above yourselves. Mm-hmm. So if I'm really going to follow Christ. I'm going to be, honor is going to, is going to be a part. We have to of, honor of, submission. And, and it says to honor others above yourself. Amen. And I think sometimes we, there, there's an honor of a respect that something has happened. Somebody does or something, you, you honor, honor anything. But here it's as if honor is something you give. Yeah. Yes. You give honor. And, and I think that, Again, I, I think, you know, looking back, in, and I, I have such a respect for the military because I know that honor is a part of it, but even as a Christian, that should be the ethos of a Christian community, mm-hmm. honor. And I think going back to you will not live long in the land <laughs> without honor. And you kind of look and see today people's opinions and, and um, uh, differences of, of opinions and, and the conflict what where's honor in the midst uh, in, in the midst of this and i think that it's unbelievable what can happen in an organization in a marriage in a relationship in a in a community when honor does exist i, I was listening to i was hearing a pastor um, talk about he and his wife were meeting with a couple and their marriage was just messed up and and the wife was to the pastor and his wife, this other wife was going off about her husband in front of her husband. He's this and that and that. And this pastor's wife told the woman, you need to honor your husband. And she's like, if he was, you know, half the man that your husband is, maybe I'd honor him. <laughs> and the pastor's wife said back to her, maybe he's the man he is today because I've, I've honored him from day one. Oh, I'll never forget my boys. We remember honor camp. We did the honor camp at our house uh, one week. Sure, changed your life. You know, it's you know, <laughs> but, but you know, we we thought we got to do. You know, they're 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 nine and six, but they're a little bit younger then. And but you know, we're like they're not getting this honor thing. Um, so uh, we did this honor camp, and at one point, um, and I don't know, it was something we did every day, something little something. But one of the first days, though, I, I told him I was like, okay, I'm gonna guys stand attention you know and i had these kind of medals from when i was a kid some golf medals or something so i'm gonna you guys stand up and i, I said you know ryan you come forward i said um i took out the medal and i said i want to i don't remember what i said something about honor but i'll give you this medal so shake turn take your hand shoot me i mean the countenance in my boys in that moment when they were receiving that medal when i was honoring them I'll never forget the look in their face. It was powerful. 
there's something inside of us that desires that. And I think that um, for people to experience it and for people to see it and to um, be in a culture, you talk about standards and the, and the expectations in the military, you know, have we lost an expectation of that, uh, of, of that honor? Are we too much concerned about what we want, what we think? Um, I remember a, a friend of ours that we all know um, years ago, I was at lunch and his son was in middle school. This man, Robert, was telling a, a story about his son and his son stopped and said, hey, I don't, don't say that. Don't, don't say that story. I'll never forget at that table. Robert stopped it and go, okay. And he stopped telling the story. I thought I'd never seen that before. Like he was respecting his son to not tell a story that his son thought was going to be embarrassing to him. And I would say that you know, their relationship is a, is an honorable relate, you know I mean? But that moment it was like, well, no wonder the relationship is like that. And I just saw. And so I wanted to do that when I, when I became a dad, I was like, I want to be able to, to give honor to my boys and let them see what that is. So, um, you know, how do we honor people? How does that, I mean, do you see the impact of, of the, or the lack of honor in, in our culture today? I mean, what does that look like in a business and organization and families? I mean, where does, well, I'm going to go back just a, a little bit in history first, you know, as you were talking about the, uh, the ribbons that you had, the medals you had yeah. given your sons, um, Napoleon started that. He had an army and he barely could feed them. He could not pay them. And so he took ribbon and he cut it into little pieces and he would go and acknowledge people for the greatness they were doing. Mm. And he would pin a little piece of ribbon onto their uniforms and they would stand up right and they were good for another month. And his statement off of that is amazing what a man will do for a little piece of ribbon. So it's more of an acknowledgement, but you're honoring what they have done as well in doing so. When, I, when you talk about honor today, uh, the biggest thing that comes to mind for me, uh, if you look in the political side of the world, uh, George Herbert Walker Bush, the original Bush, the, original, the OG, uh, he was a veteran. The, two of the greatest politicians who were both war veterans, combat veterans, Bush McCain. Bush was in his first term of office. He was dealing with Desert Storm. He had, his numbers were through the roof. There was nobody going to be able to touch him. The opposing side knew this and put some little unknown dude up against him because the embarrassment just throw this guy up there. Okay. Bush was supposed to hit the trail to start getting ready for the campaign, and he refused. He was not going to campaign when there was so much still on the line, so much still being done. And he held off his campaign to the last minute. And he lost to a brilliant man. And Clinton served for two terms, an amazing man. Fast forward, John McCain, a Vietnam veteran, where Bush was World War II fighter pilot. McCain was a... Vietnam fighter pilot as well. He was also a prisoner of war. He was well known in that time because his father was an admiral. He was in as a prisoner of war and they offered to let him go because they found out who his father was. Now, the one thing you are not allowed to do as a prisoner of war is take special favor. You're not allowed 
any kind of parole or special favor. They offered him parole. He said no. And he, his beatings got worse. There were sayings about, oh, you know, he doesn't use a computer. It's because his arms could not type. He couldn't put his arms there because of all the torture they had done to his upper body. He had honor as well. He was going against a, a young man, another senator, and there was constant talk with it. You need to start using his whole name because the name Hussein was so ingrained in the United States that it would turn them off to him. And we're looking at uh, Barack Hussein Obama. He refused to. He said, I will not sling mud. I will not do anything of that sort. And even when there were stories that came up about his birth certificate, about everything else, he would dismiss it. And he said, that is not what I do. I will run on who I am. And as a senator, he reported to President Obama following that. So is the honorable thing sometimes looked at as a weakness now? I tell people all the time, do not confuse my kindness for weakness. Hmm. It will be to your detriment in those cases. Honor falls along the same thing. When a person is refusing to engage in a dishonorable way, it is sometimes looked at as a weakness. Both of those men pulled very high and both of them lost because they took a more honorable route. That is not to say the ones they went against were dishonorable. That is just to say they took a moral high ground on every account. Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. I think that um, the, the, two, the two examples that you brought up, Tim, are two men that, it's funny, we go back and we look at, you know, my um, 10 years in the Army, you know, count it even back to being a private, you know, 15 years of military kind of learning, you know, your career of 25. Five years? 25. 25 years. You don't have to keep rubbing in how long. I know. It's a long time. So it's, it's, it's I'm old. funny, funny sidebar. My brother now is at 22 years in the army. And if you would have predicted when we went to school, who would be career and who wouldn't, you would have bet exactly, exactly the opposite, <laughs> which is, which is, which is really funny. But what, what it's, it's just amazing. You know, um, the one thing we share in common, and, and the first thing is, you know, Tim and I, we may disagree politically, right? We, I mean, if you haven't caught this, we can debate on a lot of things and we will debate for a long time a lot of things but but we will definitely start our debate from a place of mutual mutual respect yes but what i really really love about the two men that tim brought up in, in our recent um lineage of men who could be presidents is that those two men they could lead in my in the organization in the military yes and be well esteemed there and they could also lead in my company which is a great company johnson and johnson has great values they could work there when I look at some of the other men who have been president or, or aspire to be president, they could not lead in either one of those organizations. So it's funny when you talk about honor, culture, and this tie back to the military, you know, what do we do when our only political choices as a country are, are men that we cannot honor? I have said for years, <laughs> I wish there was another spot on that ticket where it says A, B, and the third one saying two new people, please. <laughs> just, well, that would be a parliamentary system where we would just go ahead and continue to have elections over and over again. Maybe that would be better. I don't know. Well, I think... Um, Next two, please. Yeah, I think that um, this idea of honor, and that's a challenging question. If the military is a place where you generally think of honor, um, and we should, but hopefully that the Christian community should be a place where people see that's what honor that they see honor. Yeah. 
you know, um, and again, honor those above yourself. That's what we're called to do, you know. So, how, you know, we talk about faith and culture connecting, you know, that we should be people of honor. We should be people that, that honor people. Um, I need to honor my spouse, my boss. Doesn't mean I, you know, it doesn't mean you always agree with people, but there's honor associated with, with that, you know, um, and there's strength in that, you know, and I think that, and we want to honor God first, but, you know, by honoring people above ourselves, you're honoring God because God's the one that's told us to honor people above ourselves. God told us to honor our mother and father. So when we honor our mother and father, we're honoring God. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a very practical way to say, you can't say, well, I'm honoring God, but I'm not honoring my mother and father. It's like, no, you're not honoring God. <laughs> you know, so in a very practical level, have you seen the impact of honor in maybe even a Johnson Johnson in in, in organization or the lack thereof? I mean, do you, do you see how that plays in business? Yeah, I mean, I think that generally in my experience, as I look back, honor is congruent with God's truth. You know, scripture tells us to fulfill obligations and it literally tells us who we're supposed to treat with respect, with respect or esteem. And whenever actions are congruent with God's truth, I, you see flourishing and you see good things happening. Um, so when people, especially Christians, are really discipling and following Jesus, no matter where they're, where they're at, right? And when non-Christians are acting in ways that are in accordance with the way we should, you see a positive net benefit, um, whether that's you know, sacrificing your own personal short-term good for really just what's quote unquote right for a customer. I mean, a lot of, a lot of times, look, I work in sales. Um, no secret, but if you're in sales, you get paid by how much you sell. But I sell to customers. And sometimes what I want to sell is not within the best interests of what I know the customer needs. So what do I do? How do you rectify that? Well, you have to make a choice and I choose the long-term relationship with the customer and trying to do what's right. And so it doesn't benefit you to short-term, but if you are honorable, if you fulfill your obligations and you esteem and respect the right authority and you fulfill your obligations to that authority, it does not promise you um, that everything's going to be easy. You're going to have some difficult times. As a matter of fact, we are believers and one of the one of the legacies that Jesus said is, you know, as my believers, you will have me, but you will also have suffering in this world, right? So if we know that Jesus has promised that we have him, but we're also going to have suffering in this world, most of the times when we're going to make the wrong decision, it's when we're trying to prevent suffering for ourselves. And that could be a little thing. I mean, we, you know, we're humans. Tim talked about the imagination and how the imagination can make little things and things that never happened be so much more real. But, you know, I live in a comfortable, suburban, middle-class American community that's dominated by fear. People are making small decisions on what they say and what they do, and often it's fear of it's motivating them. People are making decisions on the trajectory of their lives and their kids' lives motivated out of fear. I do believe that if you honor and respect God and put your esteem in the right place and you fulfill your obligations to him, no matter what happens, you have nothing to fear. Going back to the military again as an example, you have a duty, an obligation. I'm going to honor my commander. I'm going to honor that duty. And you're kind of free in a sense of I'm doing what I'm told to do. It's out of my, 
Oh no. You know, no. <laughs> so, okay. So maybe bad, bad example. Um, uh, with that, um, uh, but there is your, your honor and the obligation, you know, to, to do what you're, you're told to do. I, um, uh, I'm going to have to okay, pause come, on that they, one. Okay. Come okay, back. Okay. No, um, not, not exactly true. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had people who I've given orders to. It was in my world, and I'm sure in Chris's and most worlds, and again, I bring up our first responders and others. There are very few other than those where what you do has an impact on somebody's life. And I don't mean their type of life. I'm talking about life itself. If I fail at what I'm doing, someone may die. And there were times I would go to work and my wife was like, why are you leaving so early? I've got to get this done. But you know, does it have to be done right now? If it is not, someone might die. This has to be done. When I'm deploying as a commander and you have dealt with this probably more than I ever have, you give orders that put people in harm's way that they might die because of your decision that you have made. Hmm. I could tell somebody to do something, give them a direct order. And they can refuse to do that. And I've had one person who said to me, just point blank, because of where I was sending them, he goes, do I have to do this? Yes, you do. I am ordering you to do this. And if I don't, I said, he goes, well, I guess I have to because you ordered me. I said, no, no, you don't have to do it because I ordered. If you choose not to, we will go to a court's martial. And they will look and see if the order I gave was a legal order. If it was a legal order, you go to jail. If it was not a legal order, I go to jail. Do you wish to go that route? They do have the freedom not to. Mm -hmm. And if it is not a legal order, they have the obligation not to. So there is a lot of that in there. And when you look at the way the military works now, because of its, it expand, it spans is the entire world. And there's a lot of moving parts. We have what's called centralized, uh, uh, centralized plan, decentralized execution. So you go through and you centralize your organization right. and how things are going to coordinate. But when you actually execute it, it's decentralized. You got to let people do what they want, what they need to do. Uh, when you were out there, you were in charge of your people and they needed to follow your orders and yours you had some latitude as to what you were going to do. Go left, go right, where you were going to go. Every pilot that took off, they had a mission to be here at this time. Well, how they get there has to be up to them in many cases, depending on what they're going up against in the way. The greatest for this George Patton, General George S. Patton, said, I don't tell people how to do. I tell them what I need done. And then I'm amazed by their brilliance on how they do that. And hey, he was light years ahead of his time in doing so because the we in the civilian world and in the military side all live by that in many ways you i personally believe in surrounding myself with people who are far smarter than me and my job is just to orchestrate their brilliance they have the ability to not obey an order you know just because it's given but if honor is truly a part of that they're going to want even though they might not want to they're going to they're going to do it um there's expectation and culture, you know, and hopefully they want to honor what the, the command is. And, and I, I'm trying to, to, maybe it's not a perfect example, but I'm trying to translate that back to um, uh, a husband and wife in a conflict. 
and I do not want to honor her. Honor will erode. If you fail to have honor, you will erode trust. And if you erode trust with your wife, with your comrade, it makes no difference. Something will fail. It has to. Because without that trust that you're putting your life in theirs and they're putting their life in you. Mm -hmm. God, Jesus was asked what was the most important. And the second part of that was to love your neighbor as you would love yourself. Mm -hmm. The point being... I, with Chris, I know he is not out to get me. I will serve Chris, and I know he'll serve me. Mm -hmm. I don't need to do everything by myself because there is a community around me that will lift me up if I fall, and I am there to lift them up if they fall. So, and I would even say, going back again to this idea of honor, I should honor her regardless of if she honors me. Yeah, I think you're right, Bill. Did I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not about the response I get. No. It's about the command that I've been given yeah. to do. And so that's where I'm trying to tie it all back to the it's I'm not talking about honoring someone that's you know, you're in an abusive situation or really you know, something that's that's hard. I'm, but I'm talking about it's in general relational uh Mutual. again, it could it could be in a, in a in a family, it could be in a business, it could be whatever. But I'm called to honor this person, not if they honor me back or not, I'm just called to give it. Right. And I think that the important thing that, as you said, this is called by who you just said, you're called to honor sunshine. Mm-hmm. Who calls you to honor sunshine? Well, my commanding officer and <laughs> Jesus, God, Jesus. You know? Okay. Right. Right. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and so, yeah. So, but if you follow, you follow, you follow this thread back, it's, you're actually honoring God when you honor sunshine. Right. Yes, you exactly. are. That's right. And yeah. so like that, that yeah, a hundred percent, you know, um, okay. So you asked about the, the, the military in general. I mean, I guess the, you know, the, the one thing that I, that I would say is, is, um, honor is a timeless truth because God has commanded us to honor things that should be honored basically. And the military is congruent with that when it, when it tells you to, to honor things. Now, one of the reasons it, it, one of the reasons you might see it be so pronounced in the military is because as Tim pointed out, the military is preparing to operate in an environment of life and death. And so because of that, you know, that timeless truth becomes much more in the front of people's mind and in the organizational ethos. And they're always bringing, because it's like, you are not gonna, we are not going to be able to do what we need to do if we cannot honor the right things and fulfill our obligations and treat the right things, right? And it's really cool because that's a paradigm of life and death. But what we lose as Christian believers, man, we're in a bigger war of life and death. And... And it's spiritual life and death. Yes. So the things that we see kind of percolate in these extreme environments that the military operates in, we look at those and, well, why, why, do, we, why do we just say that those things are good? Because they actually are. But although they're good and functional in those areas, to a certain extent, they're misdirected. Because we're supposed to be applying all of that honor, all that obligation fulfillment and all that treatment and esteem towards God. So as we examine this conversation, it's it's kind of like, okay, now how do we as members of the church, how do we make sure that we examine our lives to make sure that we are holding God in esteem? And then as we're holding God in esteem and we discern what we're supposed to do, we fulfill our obligations to God. Yeah, and I think the more you the more we hold a God esteem, the more you're gonna hold people in esteem. Yes. And I think that um the ethos of the Christian community, honor should be something that should be reflective of that community um 
um, honor. I think somehow there's a missing element of that idea of, 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 of honor. Um, you talk about raising kids today, um, honor, honoring authority, um, honoring, you have always, I've heard this said, you don't have authority unless you're under authority and just having that respect of, of, in, in authority and honoring that. And I think that it's such an important piece in our culture today is, Hey, that's something that, that could be something that is missing in a marriage, in a family, in a business that could literally turn it around. Yeah, like but I'd say the thing that would turn that. it around is is we have to point it back to Jesus, right? Like you're, you mm. talked about the marriage. You said, mm. I, I can honor sunshine because I honor God. And mm. even though something sunshine might do, which is impossible to imagine, Good job, might, Chris. might Job. actually be annoying or some shape or form. And even though you might think you're right, you're still going to honor her because because you you, you honor God. And I think it, it can be that answer in every organization, in a business organization, in a community, anything but only if it follows that same rule that you're following with sunshine, which is, which is honoring God. Now, I think a lot of times people try to separate honor from honoring God. And what we need to do is, is bring it back together, right? Because if we all agree that treating God with respect or esteem is the right thing to do, and we need to fulfill the obligations that come from that, then the next question is, what are those obligations? Mm-hmm. And when you look at what Jesus says those obligations are, oh, hey, obligation number one, die to self. Hey, have we all checked that block of dying to self? Okay. It's only I'll, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, right. That should I'll, be on everybody's yes. daytime planner. Yeah, yeah um, it really should. I mean, or, or love your enemy. Love your enemies. That's checkbox. L O V E. Love your enemies. Like, I mean, so like if you look at that, those are the obligations. And, and I think the, the ills of marriages, the ills of businesses, the ills of our country are when we who profess a love of Jesus Christ start working on that checklist. Mm-hmm. So um, you should get that into print. Let me uh, let me kind of come back uh, to circle around two two things as we kind of close this out. Number one about the election. You know, I, I heard it. I've heard this said by um, someone who was asked a question: How do you vote for someone? Then neither of them are who you want. And his response, which I thought was a really good response, was, you know, vote for the person that you believe is going to create the most fertile ground for the kingdom of God to advance. I thought that was a pretty good response. Um, if you're going to vote for someone, vote for someone that you feel like is going to it be the most uh, aligned with that. And I know everybody's got a different take on that. I'm just, I think that was a good, uh, a good I response um, to that. Last thing I kind of want to circle back around uh, in here is this idea of patriot patriotism and Christianity again, because I think that we got into it just a minute ago, but there's one side that people are like, if you're a Christian, you're part of being a Christian is being patriotic. And it's like, I don't know if there's any, any, any difference, you know, it's like people think it's almost, you're just one. And then the other side of it is there's no way you can be patriotic and be a Christian. So how, I mean, and there, there's tension even, uh, <laughs> there, there, there's tension uh, even in today. So how do you find a balance, That's you know, funny. with that as, as a believer? I mean, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, my dad was in the military for a little bit. I mean, he wasn't, he was just in the army for a few years. My grandfather served in, in World War II. Um, 
you know, was it was an officer, uh, and you know, I've always grown up with a respect for for the military. And when I think about people that you know, we have Memorial Day weekend coming up, and you think about people that have given their lives sacrifice, I mean, that's something that I do want to honor. That, mm, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, I think that's something that should be that that there is something to like someone that has given their life hmm. to try to protect something to try to protect the people to me that that is something that should 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 be honored so how do you marriage how do you find that balance between patriotism and christianity maybe i I like how you were using nationalism because i think that's different than patriotism Mm -hmm. you know i think it's having a good definition of patriotism so what is that definition i think it has to do with you know honoring the people that help bring about the freedoms that enable us to have that fertile ground that we're talking about. And when I was little, my mom always used to play Lee Greenwood's song, you know, I'm proud of being American. She, she was a Canadian, you know. She, she would cry though. <laughs> she, she would cry. Yeah. And so he was? Yes. <laughs> so was he American? I don't know. We'll have to research that one. (laughs) (laughs) No, I did not know that. I'll have to tell her that. I'm going to have to call her today. But I just, you know, I always grew up feeling patriotic. (laughs) But I never felt that being patriotic was against Christianity. And I thought that they they went well together. Um, Does patriotism mean that that you think everything's perfect? There's not things that could be changed or fixed? No, yeah, no. I think that you just because you're patriot, like just because you're patriotic, does not mean that you agree with everything your country's doing. Because right now, I would consider myself patriotic, but I don't agree with the decisions that are being made at all times in our government. Um, but like Tim said, you honor the office, you yes. honor the people. You don't necessarily agree with all their decisions. You didn't badmouth the president when you were serving, even though maybe you didn't agree with him because you respected the office, because you were patriotic. You wanted to show honor. Um, I think when we look at nationalism, though, North Korea, you gave your example to me, that would be more of a nationalist um, approach to how they, you know, honor their country. Um, I'm using quotes can't see those when we get video you'll be able to see my quotes oh, the air quotes, <laughs> my air <Yeah>. quotes. <laughs> so um I, I think it's this is awesome questions i mean this first of all i mean we're, we're doing like a podcast now but i think this is the kind of conversation i just love to have within the church and oh keep, yeah you've keep been it, wanting this chris yeah for a long time <laughs> for years he's been he's been wanting a a conversation yeah, place. Chris and I talk a lot about a lot of stuff. Yeah. And it's great because like among the four of us, man, there's so much love that it we can really air out our ideas and air out our, our disagreements and it doesn't matter, man. We're united by the love of Christ and love of one another, which is which is so awesome. I mean, Bill, you threw out a lot of things, but I think the first part was the easiest. You know, how do you how do you choose? How do you make a how do you make a vote in our current political environment where neither one is going to fully 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 flesh out what you're looking for? in a leader. And then you mentioned specifically fertile ground for the growth of Christianity. I would only offer this one thing is I think whoever you voted for, you're creating fertile ground for the growth of Christianity. Amen. 
Because that's true. When does Christianity thrive? When your light needs to shine in the darkness. You know, where is Christianity growing the most in the world right now? The, the most repressive places. Yes. places where people have to cling to Christ and show Christ in, in such a discernible difference. I actually think that, you know, kind of like raising a suburban kid, they're not as tough as the kid that came from the ghetto or the farm because they've had it easy. Look, in our American Christianity, are we craving like an easiness and a comfort and a security and a peace and a rah-rah where it's all good? Or are we going to be, no matter which side you voted for, you can create a scenario where the other side is going to make things harder to be Christian. And, you know. Yeah, but or, you don't or, shoot yourself in the foot either when well, you're going I mean, to battle. So, you that, know what I'm saying? You we, we, we if was, you're going to battle, you're not, would, when you were going to these wars, would, would you want to shoot yourself in the foot just to say, you know, it's going to give me more motivation to, hey, I went to battle with one foot shot. You know, you just, yeah, I just, I don't. My only counter to that would be, I think our choices are my shooting myself in the left foot or the right foot. <laughs> That's it. I mean, honestly, right now with both our choices, we're shooting ourselves in one of the feet. Well, but hopefully I'm we're not move, shooting. I'll, I'll, I'll move, that was good, Chris. That was good. I'll, like I'll, that. Move, I'll move beyond that to, to more of the patriotism question because um, I think that, you know, man, I mean, I don't think we're going to resolve the different who do we vote for questions. And it's okay no. over the long term, right? Because it's just just challenging, um, but fun. But um, patriotism, just to use a definition, it says patriotism is the love for or devotion to one's country. And when I examine scripture, I just don't know where scripture supports the love for or devotion to my country. Scripture clearly supports the love for or devotion to God. Scripture clearly supports the love for devotion to my fellow man, irregardless, actually, of nationality, creed, or race. And Scripture does tell me to be a good citizen, so I parse that. I parse that. Because what I love is the kingdom of God and what that is supposed to be. And I am very happy and very blessed and very thankful to be an American. And I want to be a good citizen in our country. And for me, in my mindset, and for my son, that means actually serving our country in the military as part, as part of our life. But I don't want to misplace my love. Because whenever you have loves, they, by nature, will have to compete, and you have to parse it. And I think maybe the thing for us to do as Christians is to look at where does our love of Jesus potentially come in conflict with our love of our nation, and then to parse that. And where I kind of land is I, I try to take away the conflict and say, I'm not going to love my country. God placed me here and I will serve my country. I'm only going to love Jesus. And I want to remove that conflict. We can disagree on this because I love my wife and I love my children. They are different kind of loves. And I could hold the same true for the love I have for my country and the love I have for my God. And when I look at being a godly man, a Christian man, uh, from the military, especially nearing the end of my service, uh, there was a real separation of Christianity from the military. It was being stripped away in many ways. You couldn't, you couldn't pray before a, uh, a meeting would start because, you know, you were offending other people of other uh, different beliefs that are out there. And so a lot of it was stripped away. You have uh, pastors that are out there or chaplains, and they will preach 
the gospel, they will preach every other type as well and give services when they are overseas and deployed. Uh, they, when you do have a prayer, in some cases, those are still like saying grace uh, for a meal. It isn't in Jesus' name at the end. And it starts off, it's not Heavenly Father. It is God, because then it could be replaced for any one that is out there. But when I look at being a Christian, I look at my job when, if I am serving as a leader somewhere, my job is not in that case to preach the gospel to my subordinates. I do my Christian work through example, how I carry myself, how I act, the honor that I carry for myself and for others, the dignity I give them, the love of them before me, service to them before service to self. And that is mm. the example that I give of being a Christian. Does that mean someone may come to Christ? Oh, yeah, because people have come and talked to me about how I am. Does it have to be in the military? No. I was helping a young man over at Kroger the other day. And as we we're waiting for a uh, tow truck to get there with his vehicle, he was about 20, 25 years old. We're sitting next to the Kroger wall trying to get some shade because it was a sunny 90 degree day. And he asked of me, he said, what does it mean to be a man? And I looked at him and I said, I, I don't understand. And short, you know, make this a short story. He came from a single parent home for two generations. He, he had his mothers and his sisters, and he didn't understand masculinity. And he thought masculinity meant to fight. And I talked to him about that. He was really in shape. And I asked him, I said, do you fight? And he goes, no, I've never been in a fight. I said, you're quite capable of fighting. And he said, yes. I said, but you have reserved doing so. He says, well, yes. I said, that is masculinity. The ability to fight and then not using it is a masculine. And we had an hour long truck before or talk before the truck got there. And we talked about all the facets of it. That wasn't me. That was God putting us together at that moment. I didn't go to him and say, have you heard the gospel of Christ? But when he asked me, I said, I cannot answer this without mm -hmm. talking about God. Are you okay with that? And he said, yes, well, good. And I started and we talked for an hour. God put that together and God can put other people together in that same way. We are meant to be vessels of Christ, but that does not mean we ostracize. That does not mean we push it upon people. Even when you look at Paul, he went out to spread the word, not to dictate it. So I, I look at, I look at the difference associated with that. Uh, but you know, another point that you were talking about as we're getting near the end of this is Memorial day is coming up. And uh, just to make sure that point of correction that Memorial day is in honor to those who have fallen, who've mm -hmm, given right. the ultimate sacrifice. So, you know, there are many ways that you can, it, there's more to this than just thank you for your service that is out there. There is a comp, there's a group called Tunnels for Towers. For $11 a month, you can help find for a disabled family. They will help get them a home. What's it called? Tunnel? Tunnels for Towers. Tunnels for Tunnels Towers. Tunnels to Towers. Tunnels to Towers. Charity. The second is Gold Star Families. You have Gold Star Mothers, Gold Star families, gold star parents, gold star spouses. The gold star 
is a flag with a gold star and it annotates and is hung by those who have lost a loved one to battle in some form or fashion. Honor them. They're, you can support them. You can go online and look up gold star families in order to support them as well. And if you look at those and go, that isn't what I'm looking for, I just ask everyone who's listened, take and stop on that day and just reflect that you have that opportunity to stop and reflect because it was granted you by people who have died, millions who have died over the years in order to get to that position. We ain't perfect. Military isn't perfect. Civilian world isn't perfect. We go through things a little bit different in how that we view life. But as Christians, we are looking for that moment with Christ. No, I appreciate you mentioning that, uh, how people can celebrate Memorial Day maybe in a more meaningful way or really think about others that, that have experienced that loss. I know, I know, Chris, you have, I guess, every year, a couple a couple buddies' years that you, you make sure people people know about. Can't express my, my love for Bill and Sunshine and Tim enough and um, just you know, how cool it was to sit here and talk with these guys and, and this girl over the, over the past, I guess, hour or so. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate Tim sharing those organizations to, co- to connect. Um, you know, one, one I'd share is Team Red, White, Blue, which um, they really, you know, when you, the one thing we didn't mention a lot with the military is that there's all this readiness to go to war, but in order to make soldiers and families ready, they, they produce a lot of social support. Um, everyone has ability to get dental care and medical care and really whatever's taken care of. Um, and when soldiers transition out of the military, they're kind of dumped into the American do it yourself world and it becomes very hard. So team red, white, blue really helps veterans to find the services they need to kind of, um, translate out of the military ecosystem into our society. Um, but yeah, if but if you're not going to join an organization or support one, then I would just urge you guys, urge everyone to to maybe find a story of someone who's um, fallen in the past during your lifetime. You don't have to go back to World War II or something, but think of yourself, you know, and just think about your lifetime and, and go back and, and find and learn the story of someone who who uh, who died. Um, in my family, every year we remember two guys: Foster Harrington, who was a, a Marine Corps. Um, a Marine Force Recon guy who was a good buddy of mine from Ranger School, and he was killed in um in 2003. And uh, what what I think about is his loss, and I try to carry his memory because we were the same age, and he never got married, he never had children, he never got to um the joy of the journey I've been on with Jesus to to be constantly and slowly slowly transformed with so much more to go. He didn't; those are opportunities he didn't have, and. And if, if you're listening to this, you have that opportunity. You have the opportunity to uh, to know Jesus. You have the opportunity to look at your life and say, "Hey, where where God placed me right now? How do I how do I serve Him more?" Um, so I think if you t- do that example of looking just looking at someone whose life has been cut short, who's the same age, hey, find someone with the same birthday as you, and look at that and just realize how lucky we are to be alive and where we are, and how when we're when we're blessed, it's it's um, to pass it on in love and love to others. And then the other one is, is uh, John Teal, who I didn't know as well. And um, I, I came to know John. Um, he was in my brigade, and I actually ended up having to escort his um, his body home to his parents. And while I knew Foster personally, I knew John through his family. And just remembering that that gold star that Tim talked about, yeah, there's a lost life there, but then there's also a family that has a hole that's been blown inside of it, whether it's a son or whether it's a husband or whether it's a father. 
that I'd say it could never be filled, but I also know that the only thing that can fill it is the love of Christ. So find someone to love and um, and just get closer to Jesus. You know me, pray. So thank you all so much uh, for for sharing and being on the show. And and I I, I do want to say thank you for your service. Um, sincerely, thank you for your service to um, our country. Um, and thank you for you know, the privilege it is to even to know you. Um, you know, as friends, thanks for being on the show. I think it was, you guys did share a lot of great information, a lot, a lot of things to think about. And I think just for everybody else on the show, just again, that idea of honor, how important honor is. And as we are commanded, obligated to give honor to those, to, to honor those above ourselves and, and to maybe think through in our life is our relationships, family work, you know, what, what would it look like? if that wasn't there, if we decided, Hey, I'm going to start to do this today, what kind of impact that could be, uh, what kind of impact that could be even on culture. If we become people of honor, honoring, um, those around us. So, uh, thank you again for everybody listening. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you can get all the latest content and y'all take care and God bless. Bye.